0: Welcome to C3 Church, Queens Beach. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoyed this message today. We're going to jump right into part two of Discovering Purpose. We've been having a look at our gifts and the gifts explanation. I know many of you uh, asked for the um, gift survey and have completed that. So I want you to spend a little bit of time now just chatting with the person next to you, someone that you're probably not related to, and tell them what your three main gifts are, what your main your gifts are. What you might have discovered them this week or you might have just found um, a fresh purpose. So have a little discussion. You don't need to tape this part, but just have a little bit of a share on what your gifts are. So this is going to come out from 1 Corinthians 12, 14, Romans 12, Ephesians 4 in the various um, scriptures and things I'm sharing today. So from scripture, we learn the following key information about spiritual gifts. Every Christian has at least one. No Christian has all the gifts. We cannot choose our gifts. God does that job. There is no gift that every Christian possesses. Believers will account to the Lord for how they use their gifts. Spiritual gifts indicate God's call and purpose for a Christian's life. Gifts used without love do not accomplish God's intended purposes. Spiritual gifts are for the common good to build up the body. So yeah, so having a look here. I want to read an interview with you, which is with Hugh Jackman. Many of you know him. He's a very talented man. But I found this really interesting because it's just sort of hitting on what God does in our world. Someone asked him, when did you know you were meant to be an actor? He said, I'm a Christian. I was brought up very religious. I used to go to different evangelist revival tents all the time. When I was about 13, I had a weird premonition that I was going to be on stage, like the preachers I saw. And this is going to sound weird to you, but in Chariots of Fire, the runner, Eric Liddell says, when I run, I feel his pleasure. And I feel that pleasure when I act and it's going well, particularly on stage. I feel what everyone's searching for, the feeling that unites us all, and I call it God. Before I go on stage every night, I pause and dedicate the performance to God in the sense of saying, allow me to surrender. And when you allow yourself to surrender to the story, to the character, to the night, to the audience, something happens. And when that happens, there's nothing like it on the planet. It's a moment people experience when they fall in love, which is equally frightening and exciting. And that's what it feels like. So when Hugh is acting, he's in his sweet spot. He's using his God-given gifts and doing what God created him to do. 80% of the people in our churches have never discovered what makes them unique. They've never discovered their redemptive calling. And um, the Bible says that every one of us is a part of the body of Christ and every one of us has different and important functions. That's in Corinthians. So I've got, um, Eden said today, do you have any props? I said, yes, I've got JP. So he's my prop today. So he's very, just come up on the stage here. So this is JP, and he's going to use 100% of his body to show us a push-up. Just limbering up, getting everything loose and oiled. Holy Spirit anointing there. Okay, so can you do a push-up for us? Do sideways. Yeah, this way, so we can see. That's good. No, that's a girl one on your knees. That's what I do. I can do that. Okay, great. Nice work, right? Beauty in action. All right, now I'd like you to do one with just, well, without using one of your arms. It's okay. It's not meant to be good. <laughs> okay. Oh my goodness, he can actually do that. Right. Okay. Now I want you to do one with just, just one arm. No legs. No, just one arm. Right. Oh, okay. Now I want you. To, yeah. Okay. Now I want you to do it just with your nose. Okay, no, okay, you see you can't do that. If 80% of your body isn't working, you're not going to function very well. It's almost like you feel like you're dead or you're going to feel like um, you're an invalid at least. Thank you. Please thank our wonderful specimen. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) When we discover and develop our redemptive calling, we not only live lives of purpose and fulfillment, but we also become a complete body, one that God can use in mighty ways. God is omnipotent. All potential is in him, and God's potential is great in you. The closer you draw to him, the more he reveals to you the plan he's had for you since before you were born. Let God take you on a journey of incredible redemption All have individual unique treasure, spiritual gifts from God that are placed within us. And we're all wired differently by God for a deliberate um, purpose. Everyone is unique. You're not one in a million. You're not one in a billion. You are incredibly unique. You're one of a kind. And we'd all like to change something about ourselves, but God accepts us exactly as we are. He doesn't want to change us. He wants to redeem us. So no matter where you are on your journey of faith, no matter what you've done in the past or how you might have messed up, no matter how average or untalented you think you are, you are special and you have a special gift. And God wants you to use to use you and he wants to use all of you. So some people think they have nothing to contribute. They believe the enemy's lies, that they are not talented, capable or smart enough to serve God. And the devil doesn't want you to be owning that truth of who you are and serving it out. He wants to disable you and take you out. And the truth is that God has given each of us special gifts. He's the ultimate creator and he designed us to fulfill the abilities that he planted inside of us. And even when we share common gifts and goals with other people, we discover that each of us is needed. Each of us has something personal and distinct to offer and we're reminded of this in God's word in 1 Corinthians 12. This is a message version. God's various gifts are handed out everywhere, but they all originate in God's spirit. God's various ministries are carried out everywhere, but they all originate in God's spirit. God's various expressions of power are in action everywhere, but God himself is behind it all. Each person is given something to do that shows who God is. Everyone gets in on it. Everyone benefits. All kinds of things are handed out, handed out by the Spirit and to all kinds of people. The variety is wonderful. Look around. The variety is wonderful. I love that last line. God makes every one of us unique, so he must love variety. And just as no two snowflakes are the same or no two fingerprints are the same, you are unique. And when you discover the way that God's made you and begin living that out, you'll experience a fulfillment unlike any other you'll know that feeling, I was made for this. And I love what um, Pastor Phil Pringle says. He says, do your gift and the wind will blow like the wind of the Spirit on it. And that's so true. I can vouch for that in my world. So today's a really practical message of how to dig for those gifts and identify and activate them. So Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And I love the Passion version of this. It says, We have become his poetry, a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us. For we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. Even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works he would do to fulfill it. So you can see here that the work of God's, we're the work of God's handiwork. And in Greek, the word there is poema, which is where we get the word poem. You are God's poem. You are his work of art. You are unique. There is nobody like you. Even before you were born, God pre-designed a role for you in your life. He knitted you in your mother's womb and handcrafted you with everything that you would need for the purpose that he's created you for. It's quite mind-blowing. We can think of ourselves as dirt and dust, but we need to see ourselves as God did, with an incredible plan and purpose. You know, He said, I'm going to make this person... I said this to all of you and give them certain gifts, abilities, talents. I'm going to allow them to go through certain experiences, some good, some painful, some educational. And I'm going to bring all of these things together because I want something done in the world that will take only that kind of person. That person can do it. But more to life than being unique just for unique sake. God wants you to be unique and effective, so he designed you in the way he did so you could do good works. One day you'll stand before God and you'll ask, well, what did you do with what I gave you? If you don't use your talents, experience and gifts for what God intended, you're missing the point. Because a gift from God is a responsibility. Can you imagine Christmas morning having all the gifts under the Christmas tree and no one opens any of them? That would be so frustrating. That would just sit unopened and it would just, it's just a waste, isn't it? And you hear about people that have an inheritance and they never find out about it. they never get to use it. How frustrating. Why would God give you certain gifts, abilities and talents and not expect you to use them? That would be a waste. You were saved to serve and it's called a ministry, using your talents and gifts to help other people. And fulfilment means being who and what God meant for you to be. As a pastor, my role is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, to help you discover what it is within you, activate that so that you can help others reach people for Christ, build the kingdom of God and be fulfilled in your life. To me, I look around church and I, I just can see the most fulfilled people are those that are using their gifts and talents and working for the kingdom. So 1 Peter 4.10 says, be sure to use them to help each other. So you want to use the gifts that have been given. So you might have tried the um, DISC test. You might have done the spiritual surveys one this week. There's the Maya Briggs, which I really recommend. That's terrific. There's Strength Finders Assessment. And as I said, if you haven't done one of these yet, do them this week. They are really informative. And I recommend that you use a variety of different tools, um, not just rely on one. And don't just self-identify, like read a description and go, oh, I already know that I'm that, um, or just assume that you know. Take the test, reflect on the results, and discuss them with someone who that you trust, a believer that you trust. Because these personality tests are a helpful place to start, to seek out a deeper understanding of the way you were made and the purpose to which your various traits might be pointing. But don't stop there. Your purpose can also be found in one of the other following areas. So this is what we call SHAPE, S-H-A-P-E. So I'm going to go through this with you today. Because God gives you spiritual gifts, heart and passion, abilities, personality and experiences that shape who you are. And when you take the time to figure out how God has shaped you, it gives you direction for where you should go with your life. So you ask yourself, what am I good at? What do I love to do? What is my passion? What is it that people affirm in me? How can God use these abilities for his kingdom? So have a look at the spiritual gifts. You can't earn them or deserve them. They are gifts. And the Holy Spirit distributes them. And there's a variety and no one has them all. If you did, you wouldn't need anyone else. And that would defeat God's purpose, wouldn't it? To teach us to love and depend on each other. So they're not for um, your benefit, but they're to help the whole church. So as I said, there's all the spiritual surveys and ways of finding out what these are. So if you have a look through here, these are, this is just a list of the ones that are taken from those scriptures that we gave you to read. We've got administration and guidance. Um, Apostle, celibacy, praise God didn't get that one Um, Craftsmanship, artisan, discernment or distinguishing spirits Encouragement, evangelism, exhortation, faith Giving, healing, helps and service, hospitality Intercession, knowledge, leadership, mercy and compassion Miracles, missionary, music, pastoring and shepherding Poverty, voluntary, not just when you're poor doesn't mean you have a poverty gift. (laughs) It's meaning that you can live simply without needing lots of materialistic things and God can use that to probably send you on the mission field and stuff. Prophecy, teaching, tongues and interpreting, tongues and speaking, wisdom and writing. So again, for those of you that emailed me, I sent you out the definitions of those and it may be not what you think. So one of my gifts came up as administration. I went, well, something's terribly wrong. I hate graphs and doing admin work in the office. Like I make jokes about it at work, like, oh, no, favourite things, filling out this report. That is not what it means as a spiritual gift. So what it says here is the special ability God gives to some to steer the body towards the accomplishment of God-given goals and directives by planning, organising and supervising others the divine enablement to understand what makes an organisation function and the special ability to plan and execute procedures that accomplish the goals of the ministry. People with this gift develop strategies or plans to reach identified goals, assist ministries to become more effective and efficient, create order out of organisational chaos, manage or coordinate a variety of responsibilities to accomplish a task, or to organise people, tasks or events, usually goes hand in hand with leadership. That I can identify with, right? There's some things that are really handy to run a church, but that's not what I would have thought administration was. So get the descriptions and find out what they are so that you truly understand who you are and what you're working with and understand others. That's a great thing. So if you have a look, in the seat pocket in front of you is a little slip of paper, and you'll need to have a look at that at the end of the service too. So... We're just going to help you discover all these things today. So if you haven't got one, pop your hand up and there's some spares around. So if there's someone in front of you with their hand up, just give them something from the seat pocket that they haven't got. That's great. So you can take that home and discover your purpose. Because we often don't recognise our gifts because they're so natural and ingrained. They're easy for us. They just flow out of us. But others see them. So we don't automatically come naturally to the rest of us. If you're not sure, ask a friend. And you can see that I remember as um, a young child I would set up a classroom and be teaching, making my sisters sit down and be teaching them and <laughs> doing lessons and all of that sort of thing and could organise events from a very young age. I used to coordinate kids' church when I was 13. We had um, 80 kids and do all the planning and programming and, you know, the craft and, and all of that sort of thing, which I just thought was normal for a 13-year-old. Now I look back and go, that's a bit weird. But, <laughs> go, you know, and led youth group and, and you know, i was like, well, doesn't everyone do that? Well, not necessarily. And, you know, for Steve, he has an incredible teaching, wisdom and leadership gift. But he also has a um, gift of helps and acts of service. And I remember one time I didn't go to church because I would had a baby. And next thing, he's on another roster. He was on eight rosters. <laughs> and I was like, you can't, you can't keep doing that. And then we were coming to do the campus. We had to wean him off. Because it's like you you can't – and then he's, well, I'll just do that at night. No, just be present where you are. There'll be plenty for you to do at the campus, and there is. But he just loves it, and that's where he's fulfilled serving and helping others. And then out of his love languages – one of his top ones is acts of service too. So he's just like fully pumped with the whole acts of service thing going on. <laughs> and that's. But then he would just think, well, that not that natural? and doesn't understand why other people, why aren't you on a roster? Why aren't you helping the body of Christ and serving? Get in there. Do something, you know. So, you know, people said to me, it must be a lot of really hard work and stressful running a campus. It's like, well, not really because it's in my sweet spot. That's what I'm gifted to do. That's what my experiences and training through the years have led me to do. So it just feels natural and easy. I remember saying to someone, oh, I have the best job. During the week I get to take new people out and have a coffee with them and get to know them. And someone else said to me, that would be my worst nightmare. Like just going with a stranger and having to have a conversation with them for an hour. And Oh really? She's like, yeah, that's, that's everyone's different. I'm like, oh okay. And we've got to acknowledge that. God's marvelous grace imparts to each one of us varying gifts and ministries that are uniquely ours. So if God has given you the grace gift of prophecy, you must activate your gift by using the proportion of faith you have to prophesy. If your grace give me Oh, and I've missed a bit, sorry. It's Romans twelve, four to eight. In the human body there are many parts and organs, each with a unique function, and so it is in the body of Christ, for though we are many, we've all been mingled into one body in Christ. This means that we are all vitally joined to one another with each contributing to the others. God's marvellous grace imparts to each one of us varying gifts and ministries that are uniquely ours. So if God has given you the grace gift of prophecy, you must activate your gift by using the proportion of faith you have to prophesy. If your grace gift is serving, then thrive in serving others well. If you have the grace gift of teaching, then be actively teaching and training others. If you have the grace gift of encouragement, then use it often to encourage others. If you have the grace gift of giving to meet the needs of others, then may you prosper in your generosity without any fanfare. If you have the gift of leadership, be passionate about your leadership. And if you have the gift of showing compassion, then flourish in your cheerful display of compassion. So your gifts and passions are the areas that you love and naturally excel in. And sometimes they're easy to spot, but not always. Need to pursue various topics, issues, and abilities to filter through the possibilities and discover the ones that are the most compelling. And we see in the above passage that the gifts emerge from the grace that we've been given. And we're clearly intended to use them for the good of others. So don't covet gifts that others have. Don't compare or be jealous. Don't hide or devalue what you have been given. Start helping in a variety of areas and see what rises up and discover what you love to do and this comes to the next point about our heart so our heart is like our passions the bible describes our heart as our desires hopes ambitions dreams interests and affections it's a source of your motivation what you love to do and what you care most about your heart reveals the real you it determines what you do feel and why you act as you do We instinctively care about some things, and other things just bore us to death. We have no interest in them at all. And another word for it is passion. So some experiences capture your attention and others bore you to tears. And God uses your interests for his glory. So an example is we have beyond our local, global and regional giving. When we look through the many things that we do across the campuses, Someone will be passionate about something, some will be passionate about something else. Someone's like, it's all about Bali Life Foundation, I want to get over there and help those orphans and reach those people in that nation. And other people are like, I just love the Red Frogs crew and I want to get in there and be there and help the young people during that um, difficult time. It can be you know, street chaplaincy. We've got four people in our church that do street chaplaincy and I know many of us get excited and pray for them when they're out on the weekends. We've got open doors where there's persecuted Christians that were helping behind the scenes there. Samaritan's Purse shoeboxes. We've got t- um, two ladies at Hepburn Heights. Karen, Stephanie and Hyde, who just go nuts over shoeboxes. All year they are collecting things as shoeboxes. They, oh man, so much stuff. They absolutely love it. If you want to know, know about Alpha, go and see Shannon. She's absolutely passionate about Alpha And you know what motivates us in our our passion is love. Love motivates us. The Bible says, serve the Lord with all your heart. And when you're serving God with your whole heart, you're enthusiastic and effective. So figure out what you love and do it for his glory. God doesn't make us do things we hate. You remember um, many years ago people would say, oh, I better not say, you know, I want to go to Hawaii because then God will send me to Africa. I think that's a real misunderstanding of who God is and his father heart. That's not how he works. You love this, so I'm going to send you somewhere else. It's just, yeah, it's just poor teaching. (laughs) When we're following our passion, we're in our sweet spot. And it feels like we've hit the jackpot when fulfilling the call of God, like Hugh Jackman does with his acting. So the next thing is abilities. That's the A of shape. We're born with them. They're natural So you might be good with words, be athletic, be good with maths, music, mechanics, a variety of things and these are God given from birth, they're our natural aptitude. You can often see this in your children with things so um, when Connor was little I would watch him do puzzles, I said to Steve, he's going to be really good at maths, you can see the way his mind works, he's now just finishing second year of uni doing maths and physics degree but it's something that you could see, you didn't get it from me (laughs) and No one was teaching him at, you know, one and a half to to do math. It was just so natural. And you see that with your own children. You'll see, looking back in your life, those natural aptitudes. So here's some of the things that are mentioned in the Bible. Art, architecture, admin, baking, boat making. Anyone got that? (laughs) My, My... Uncle has, actually. He makes boats. Anyway, cleaning, cooking, debating. Most teenagers seem to have that gift for a couple of years. Uh, Designing, embalming. Anyone got that one? (laughs) Good. Yanni, if you need some embalming, she's ready to go. Embroidery. I didn't get that one. Engraving, farming, fishing. JP. Gardening, leading, managing, masonry, making music. Hello. Making weapons. I didn't get that one. I'm a bit annoyed about that. Needlework, painting, planting, philosophising, (laughs) machinability, inventing, carpentry, sailing, selling, being a soldier, tailoring, teaching, writing, literature, poetry. So yeah, you've Feeling like you're a bit ripped off there with some of those, aren't you? <laughs> oh dear. 1 Corinthians 124 6 There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. Different kinds of service, but the same Lord. Different kinds of working, but in all of them and everyone, it's the same God at work. So God has a place in his church where your specialties can shine and you can make a difference. So it's up to you to find that place. So when we started the campus here four and a half years ago, it's all hands on deck. Everybody was on every roster doing everything. But then we would start to see these natural abilities rising up where we just right, we need some curtains and next thing Lotta's just spent hours and she's just whipped up some sewing, sewn some curtains together, like, oh my goodness. And then we've got people who could do all these different things. We would need, oh, how are we going to get these chairs to the sea container? Oh, well, George just designed and created and made trolleys that were purpose-built for the... It's like, that is amazing. That is design and engineering and all that, natural abilities. And we've just seen so many people, hospitality and people with setting things up and ki- people who are great with kids and then people who can worship. Just amazing seeing all these different things that are coming up. I love it when people have... Um, that food and hospitality gift, we have people that love helping. There's people that love feeding the poor. And then there's our other interests, uh, people who love doing jigsaws and stuff. There's just so many things that we, that is our aptitude. Um, personal, in our personality, we are truly unique. God loves variety, just look around you, and your unique con- combination of personality traits. We've got introverts and extroverts. We've got people that love the routine and those that love variety and are spontaneous. You're usually married to the opposite, it seems. <laughs> Thinkers and feelers. So again, look at the Brig Meyer surveys online. I often find like there's like a morning and a night person. It's so rare that you get just two people the same, but I think it works. Um, There's different love languages. I know I've done some um, preaching on that in earlier times. You can have a look at the podcast to see whether you're sanguine, melancholy, choleric or phlegmatic. It helps you understand other people a lot, yourself. And there's no right or wrong. We need them all to have balance in the church and give it flavour. If we had all cholerics, we'd all just be bossing around each other and no one would actually be doing anything. (laughs) If we had all phlegmatics, maybe nothing would happen. Who knows? So we need them all to balance the church. No, they need to be activated. They are the most loyal, faithful people, but they need someone to probably go, hey, let's do this. (laughs) Am I right? Come on. It would be so boring otherwise, wouldn't it? Don't try to be someone else. Your personality will affect how and where you use your spiritual gifts and abilities. So an evangelism gift in someone is going to look different depending whether they're an introvert or an extrovert. So someone's happy to go around the streets and hold up a sign. Yay, you need to be saved. Someone else is just going to be relational, be talking to someone one-on-one and telling them about Christ. Hey, come to Alpha. That might interest you. Different, Same gift but different way of using that. Yeah, so when we're forced to work or minister in a way that's out of our character for your temperament, it does cause tension and discomfort. It requires extra effort and energy, and it produces less than the best result. And then we have experience. We're shaped by our experience. So there's six experiences from your past that we can have a look at here. Family experiences. What did you learn growing up in your family? Educational experiences. What were your favourite subjects in school? Vocational experiences, what jobs have you been most effective in and enjoyed the most? Spiritual experiences, what have been your most meaningful times with God? For some it's church, worship, be in prayer meeting, an altar call, might be a walk on the beach. Ministry experiences, how have you served God in the past? And painful experiences, what problems, hurts and trials have you learned from? Often the experiences that we've regretted and resented in life are the ones that we want to hide and forget. They're the, actually the experiences that God wants to use to help others. They're your ministry. 2 Corinthians 1.4 said, He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. And as uncomfortable as it may be, this verse reminds us that God even uses our wounds and our struggles. That means we need to learn to value the bad days and the hard times too. If you've ever been comforted by someone who understood what you were going through, then you know how powerful that is. And God will often use this to help others in the place where we felt pain if we let him. Romans 12.1, the message says, So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. So God will use, often use you in the events and situations that you experience. As this verse points out, even moments that seem mundane or ordinary can be used by God to fulfill his purpose in your life and the lives of those around. And we may assume that, you know, if you're not up front on a Sunday morning or called to do some exotic mission field work, that, um, you know, your experience doesn't count for the kingdom. But if you're willing to serve, God uses us everywhere in every way, day in and day out. We have to be willing to share those experiences and don't waste your pain. Help it to use others. Who better is there to minister to someone who's going through divorce, betrayal, pain, addiction, migration, than someone who's actually been there. Recently I spoke to someone who had um, quite traumatic church experience and I was able to share what I had been through many years ago and that really helped them. And I said to them, you know what, I would go through that again because I know that out of that I've been able to help so many others and understand their pain and know how to minister to that area. So I know that I would choose that. I didn't choose it at the time, but I would choose to do that again, to be where I am and to help others because it's about the body of Christ. It's not about me. We are a gift waiting to happen, to help each other. It's not for us to be selfish with, but we to be a blessing to others and to serve others. It's not yours to hide. It's all about the people in our world. And when we're living life to the full, reaching people in our world for Jesus and people see Jesus because of our gifts from God. And it gives glory to the God. So I want you to stir up the gift of God on the inside, not let it lie dormant. 2 Timothy 1.6 says, I'm writing to you to encourage you to fan into flame and rekindle the spiritual gift God imparted to you when I laid my hands upon you. Romans 12. In this way, we are like the various parts of a human body. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. The body we're talking about is Christ's body of chosen people. Each of us finds our meaning and function as a part of his body. But as a chopped off finger or cut off toe, we wouldn't amount to much, would we? So since we find ourselves fashioned into all these excellently formed and marvelously functioning parts in Christ's body, let's just go ahead and be what we were made to be. Without enviously or pridefully comparing ourselves with each other or trying to be something we aren't. If you preach, just preach God's message, nothing else. If you help, just help. Don't take over. (laughs) If you teach, stick to your teaching. If you give encouraging guidance, be careful you don't get bossy. If you're put in charge, don't manipulate. If you're called to give aid to people in distress, keep your eyes open and be quick to respond. If you work with the disadvantaged, don't let yourself get irritated with them or depressed by them. Keep a smile on your face. That's a challenge. You know, I can get really frustrated and I'm like, why aren't, why aren't people organising stuff and doing, you know, I'm doing this for everybody else and, you know, socially I do all the get-togethers and be nice if someone did that and I saw this um, slide from Dave Gilpin and it was a real wake-up call and he said, whatever you roll, you have in a relationship. Oh, it's just, have you got that? It's not that coming up, okay. Mm. I can't remember what it says on the actual slide. Have you even got a picture of it there? Okay. No. Okay, this will have to do. Stop abandoning your gift because no one has bothered to do for you what you do for them. I'm like, hmm, interesting. (laughs) And this is what he said. Whatever role you have in a relationship, that's the role you'll keep for the rest of your relationship. If your gift is organising stuff, then that will be your role. Stop complaining that no one does what you do. If you're the present giver, the empathizer, the funny one, the one who forgives first, pays first, opens up first, the listener or the initiator, stop pulling back in the hope that someone else will take up that role. They won't. It's your gift to that relationship. Relationships will always seem unfair to the gifted. Your gi- giving has made it that way. Quit the self-pity. Love the life you lead and love the role you forge because of the gift you carry. There's no one like you. Isn't that brilliant? Did you see anyone feeling a little bit of a slap? Just me. <laughs> Notice here that if you know God, then you're responsible for sharing what God has done in your life. You have the same direct access to God and the power of the Holy Spirit that I do or anyone else who knows Him. There's no such thing as a small player in God's eyes. We're all teammates, everybody is needed, which means if you don't contribute, we all suffer. Every task is vital to, the further, to furthering God's kingdom. The Bible says all of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. So start serving and experimenting in certain ministries and then you'll discover your gifts. And it's like a muscle, if you, if it's, it atrophies if it's not used, but it strengthens when it's stretched. And like the parable of the talent, God expects us to make the most of what he gives us. God deserves our best. Fail to use it and he takes it from us. Cultivate our gifts and abilities. Keep our hearts aflame. Grow our character and personality and broaden our experiences so we will be increasingly more effective in our service. If you let him, God will show you how you can be used by him in a great way. Once you discover your portion, that special purpose for which he designed you, then you'll experience a joy, peace, and fulfillment like no other. And when you love your assignment in life, you love your life. Now before Jesus came to earth as a son of God and a son of man, there were great distinctions in how people were treated. There was no room to be who you were created to be for most of the population. You discriminated according to gender, race, socioeconomic status and education which was limited to a few anyway but Jesus changed that it says in Galatians 3 in Christ's family there can be no division into Jew and non-Jew slave and free male and female among us you are all equal and that's a high price he paid going to the cross for that to happen for us to be created to be who we would to be to have that freedom for that chance to live life to the full At the foot of the cross, we're all equal and free to be who he uniquely created us to be. So when we come to Jesus and we acknowledge that he died on the cross for us, ask forgiveness for our sin and ask him to be Lord and saviour of our lives, we're activated to be everything he created us to be.